Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Today, we're joined by Kim Patel, who's a second year MBA student at HBS, where she's also a rock venture partner. She made the Forbes 30 under 30 for media in 2019 while working at Vice Media. She's an investor at Letter Hippie and has prior experience at Venture Fellow at Ali Corp and Harlem Capital. She's the founder of Envision Accelerator, the first student-led virtual accelerator for underrepresented student founders, which just initiated its first cohort of 17 companies. Kim is also on the board of Women in Innovation, an organization committed to improving networking and success of women in tech, and Brave House, a nonprofit focused on providing legal and community benefits to young immigrant women. We're excited to have you today, Kim. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations on your first batch at Envision. Thanks so much, guys. I'm so excited to be here. So, Kim, we see that you've spent the initial years of your career in banking and media. Can you tell us a bit about your journey in media and towards the folk 30 under 30? Sure. So, yeah, so I am, um, you know, when I was an undergrad, I went to undergrad at, at NYU. I was always kind of a politics junkie, so I loved reading the news. I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was studying history, politics, and econ because I thought I was going to go to law school and, like, go into the public sector and, like, pound the pavement on Capitol Hill. Um, Basically, I realized that my grades weren't that great to get into a top five law school by the time I was a sophomore. So I really quickly gave up on studying for my LSATs, and I, I took a... Uh, investment banking internship my sophomore summer and really liked it but it was like a really small firm I was like binding pitch books manually on like a weekend like it's it was a very lean team but I learned a lot and it was super challenging so I was like you know what forget it I'm just gonna do this and I think I can make more money and take out less loans so I needed something realistically to help me pay off my student debt because NYU was pretty expensive and ended up getting a job at JP Morgan and started working for them actually my senior year of college. So I was a part-time student my second semester senior year. I started working for them early full-time and then was involved in my first deal, um, which was a big one. So my client was 21st Century Fox um, and they were splitting off from their parent company, News Corp at the time. So News Corp used to be the studios and the newspapers and everything. And then they were actually like splitting uh, both the companies. So that's where, like, that's who owns, like, the Wall Street Journal, et cetera. So that was my first client, and that's when I started to find my love of media, um, was being a part of the media practice there. And after 12 months of working on Time Warner and Country Fox and Comcast and Verizon and, like, all of these clients, essentially, I decided not to take a job in private equity. Um, I either had a choice to come to Boston to do private equity, or I had a choice to stay in New York and work at NBC Universal. And the thought of going to private equity gave me a panic attack, and so I decided to take the other job. And so I went to go um, to NBC Universal, spent about eight months there doing business development and strategy for the news group. So specifically worked for CNBC, MSNBC, NBC News. And that's how I got into the news business in New York. And I realized it was just like a complete circus, essentially. It was like one of the craziest industries you could be a part of to be in in New York City that young. Um, And so that's kind of where my career in media took off. So uh, after I spent eight months there, I went to the Huffington Post. And the Huffington Post was uh, because I wanted to be part of something that was more focused on only digital because that's what I knew. And that's like 
what appealed to me and my generation and instead instead of television so i moved over to, to having post and kind of serendipitously it's owned by aol the parent company the parent company was being acquired by verizon the month that i joined that deal closed so it seems like M&A and banking never really ever left my life ever. Um, so Verizon bought AOL and then um, within, a, within a month, my role changed. I was no longer working for the Huffington Post. I was now working for AOL Media Brands, which is like a billion dollar media portfolio. And instead of being a strategy associate at the Huffington Post, I was now deputy chief of staff for AOL Media Brands. And I was like 25. So my career basically made a huge pivot at that point I was probably doing a role that was like four years above my experience um so within two years I had already seen two acquisitions go through um I was part of two deals um restructuring and like trying to figure out the strategy and working for I was at degrees I would sit in meetings with CEO so like the people I work for were all executive vice presidents so it was like very different experience for a 25 year old and then Vice gave me a call and asked me to come join the company to help them fix their digital business. So I went. Uh, I thought it'd be interesting. I didn't want to be a part of a company that was going through another transition again because I was really tired and you just needed some structure. So I went to Vice, found out there was no structure there. It was complete chaos. Um, absolutely no operational processes. Uh, it was literally like everyone was running around with their head cut off. So um, that was really interesting. I had six bosses in over three years um but by the end of it i decided to um form this team corporate strategy team they didn't have one uh with another vice president who now works at disney um he was the svp and then like he now went left to go to work at disney plus but him and i joined kind of forces and we formed this team under the cfo and so i became the first director of corporate strategy at vice um because it was a new team i was the youngest director i was 27 uh, and so I think that's what got me on Forbes, basically. Great. That's that's quite a journey for sure, especially at 25 and 27. Um, can you tell us about a fun project you've worked on recently um, in the venture space? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to talk about my accelerator. I love my accelerator. So basically what had happened was right, right around school ending for a lot of people, like May, like for college students. Uh, a group of students, myself, and like a few other students from other schools. So like these are like undergrads at like Brown, Tufts, Harvard, uh, and then another at like MBA from UMich, um, Northeastern. We all met each other because all of us were somehow in the tech and venture space. So some folks were at Contrary Capital, some folks were at Rothschild Ventures, some folks were already working on a startup. Like and so we like kind of knew each other two degrees of separation, and they we were kind of talking about this idea of like what if we had an accelerator that was only focused on like minority students because nothing like that actually exists. And then I started to toy with this idea of, I really wanted something that was like school agnostic. So something that didn't focus on just like the top 10, top 15 schools, not Ivy League, whatever, because those are the schools that have no entrepreneurial resources. They don't have money, they don't have accelerators, they don't have innovation labs, they don't have any of the stuff, but they have students who have really great ideas and like need the right resources. And when we thought about resources, we were like, as students, we have huge networks. We have worked in venture, we have worked in tech, et cetera. Why don't we put pull the power of all of our networks together across these schools and our alumni and basically create this insane mentorship program through our accelerator and then also provide like some kind of non-dilutive grant funding. So we structure ourselves as a nonprofit for that reason uh, because we felt we didn't feel like taking equity, especially for our first cohort. We just thought that it'd be better for us to be able to make sure our companies succeed and are able to fundraise. Um, so as students, 
we're trying to figure out, do I stay with my, do I keep doing my company? It's COVID or do I get a real job? We're like, don't get a real job, like do your company. Right. And so this accelerator helped some students do that. So our 17 companies are completely gender even. So like 50, 50 men and women, some gender non-binary and then, um, race wise, like we have less than all, all of our founders, less than 15% identify as white male. And so we thought that was like a huge accomplishment uh, for, for us. We had over 200 applications. We put this entire thing together on Slack virtually. I've never met anybody I've worked with on this. Um, and we raised over $150,000. We got featured in TechCrunch. Our mentors are like Elliot Horowitz, who like founded MongoDB and Arlen Hamilton. So like I could not be more proud of what we've been able to do. I love our companies. Um, those founders are like 22-year-olds who are just trying to like make their vision come to life and i'm just glad that we can be a part of that journey this is definitely inspirational kim and uh, it's not just about the idea right all of us want to do something that 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 empowers uh, probably whoever we can help around with but looking it through seeing it through to, to see it executing and actually launching the first batch of 17 companies i think it's it's really inspirational so really kudos to be doing that um Curious to understand about your switch to the investing side, you know, especially after your career in, in some exemplary career in media. Um, when did you think of switching to investing side, the early stage investing side, and how did you find the recruitment process like? Yeah, so I I didn't really know anything about startups or investing, honestly, like throughout my career, because it wasn't something I was exposed to. And whenever we were thinking about acquiring a company like AOL or, or even Vice, it, they were companies that had already raised like, 50 million like they were past like series c series d type of acquisitions so i, I didn't know what a pre-seed was <laughs> um, i didn't know i didn't understand that term uh what had happened was a friend of mine who was younger than me also went to alumni uh, also went to nyu which is very younger than me she was starting a startup um and she had this idea when she was working at espn back in like 2017 and she was like toying with it wondering if she should quit her job and do it and um i started to like talk to her about it and brainstorm with her. And then when she did quit her job to start it, uh, I used to spend like my Saturdays, I'd go over her place and be like, okay, let's think. Like, when do you really think you're going to need money? Like when do you need to fundraise? And I started to think about that. I, I knew a little bit about that stuff because I worked in corporate development. I'm self-taught. I never learned finance up, up until taking finance at HBS. So I, I kind of just understood how to run these processes. I understood on the back end, like, kind of basic legal stuff. And so I was like, okay, I guess I can help her. So I did. And that's how I got into advisory. And so that's how I started to get introduced to other startup founders in New York and understand what the startup ecosystem was in New York City. Because I, and I found out I really liked helping her. Like I was just like, I had fun, like spending my Saturdays, like brainstorming with her. And so I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this. And that's kind of how I started to pay attention to what was happening in New York. I started to go to more events, started to meet more people. And then I got um, introduced to kind of the Harlem Capital guys. So it, it actually turned out that the same year I was on the 30 under 30 list for media, they were on the 30 under 30 list for VC. And they were also finishing up their second year for HBS. Um, and so we kind of crossed paths. And then I saw that they had this like internship thing. I was like, I guess I'll try it. And so I did. And I got it. And then I, I ended up being a fellow as well. So I was like with them for about eight months before like I actually left to go to school. It, that's how I got introduced to it. And then when I was at Harlem, I really understood like, okay, what is early stage? Like what is early stage VC? Um, and I got exposure to it while still keeping my day job at Vice. Um, and so, yeah, I mean like that's kind of how I got my start. And then uh, in terms of recruiting, so when I got to school, 
I was like, I'm getting a job because I also like worked through all of undergrad. And so for me, it was normal. My normal was to work while I'm in school. Like, I don't know what it's like to just go to school. That just seems very odd to me. Um, and so I got a job with Ali Corp as a venture fellow. And I started looking into VC fellowships like early on the minute I hit the ground because I had already been told by people that had gone to HBS that like VC is one of the hardest things to get for the summer and then I have to really be prepared to network and like put myself out there and I was not looking forward to it. It sounded exhausting mentally and emotionally. And so I'm like, okay, if I can get more experience, maybe I can like cut that in half and not have to network as hard. So I did. So I got a job. A lot of my classmates, I would say, got a job second semester because they realized that the experience helps. I'm going to just say like be smart and get it first semester, like especially if you're going to be on half Zoom classes. But that really helped me. So by the time I recruited for my summer, I was like flying to San Francisco. I spent my winter break like on BC Trek or Tech Trek or where I was like trying to network. I was having all these meetings. I was literally taking $100 Ubers between San Francisco and Palo Alto and like just going back and forth like a crazy person trying to have these meetings with people on Sand Hill Road. Like I literally felt like a founder, except I was not fundraising. I was trying to like work for $5, which is the irony of it. Yeah, I probably spent more on Ubers then than I make more money now in the summer. By the way, like so I I had I known about Lair for a while, like as a firm, and I applied. Um, it, it was a it was a lot of meetings, like a lot of follow ups, a lot of applications. I had a list of venture capital firms I wanted to target. Like basically, if you were going to raise a round for your company, that is how you did recruiting. Like at least in my opinion. Um, but having both the one of the reasons I got the job was because like at this point, I've now worked at three firms in less than two years. And I would say that I think my experience is probably like that now of somebody who's been in BC for five years because of like how concentrated my time has been across three different firms um, within the New York City ecosystem.